Welcome to the Two Man Scramble, brought to you by Man Cave Sports. My name is Vaughn Small, here with my partner Alec Weeks. How's it going, everyone? You can find us on Twitter at MCSports365, or online at www.mcsports365.com. Well, I didn't play a single round this week, Alec, but how about your golf week? Yeah, I was up in San Marcos. I played with a good friend of mine at some small course with some concrete greens, and <laughs> Played a good little round, did a lot more talking, just kind of hanging out more than playing, but went up there, hung out with him. It's good. Nice little week of golf. See what we got coming up for us next week. But as for some other stories, we have some actual stories for you. And we'll be looking into some tournaments like the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation, which went on at last week's WGC. And also the Sanderson Farms, another small tournament in the PGA. And we also have the Shriners Hospitals for Children's Open next week. Yep, as golf always brings us good company, we got some good tournaments this week, some good tournaments to talk about last week. So let's get going. Take a look at this year's first World Golf Classic of the year, the HSBC Champions Tournament. Hideki Matsuyama, minus 23, one-shived the tournament record of Dustin Johnson at minus 24. Hideki played his last 45 holes bogey-free, and you did mention him last week, Alec, but in my picks and what I thought, I never mentioned him, which I probably should have. Great win for Hideki. It was the largest margin of victory at the HSBC Champions and in a World Golf Classic since Tiger Woods won by seven in 2013 at the Bridgestone Invitational. Is he elite, Alec? Is Hideki elite? I already thought he was kind of in that mix, but now I think he's officially in there. Elite? I don't know about that. I don't know if I thought about his names up there with like the Rory McIlroy's and Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson's. He's, he's always been the top premier ball striker in the tour. We all know that. Yeah, ball striking has always been there for him, and I think that's probably a big thing that helped him this week, especially with the weather the weather, the way it was. It was yeah. tough going. I think ball striking was a really big thing, but I think the putting's kind of held him back. But his recent form, I mean, he's moved up in as high as he's ever been in the world golf rankings, all the way up to number six, and he's definitely making himself up there for elite talent. Yeah, to back what I said, at just the age of 24, he has three PGA Tour wins. The Memorial Tournament 2014, a big tournament. This year's Waste Management in 2016, another big tournament. And now he has a World Golf Championship under his belt. So Elite, yeah, I think you can put him under that conversation. He also has six Japan Tour wins. I know that's not huge, but he does have six of those victories. And then 17 starts and majors. Five top tens, Alex. Come on. I mean, elite as far as the top. Let's see if he can crack the top five. I mean, he's going on his hot streak. He's moved. as hot. He was never in the top ten before. He jumped up. He cracked it. Now he's all the way up to six. If he can crack the top five, I think we can really consider him elite. But one thing's for sure. He's definitely the best golfer we've ever seen from Japan. We've never seen another golfer as good as him come out of Japan, so he's got that going for him. Still really young, only 24, so I think he's on the right track. 
Also finished second last week at the CIMB. Uh, he's just really been dominating overseas. As I mentioned, six Japan Tour wins equals a 10 career total wins for Hideki. Like you said, Vaughn, dominating those overseas tournaments. He also dominated last week in the WGC HSBC, winning by a total of six shots over runner-up Henrik Stinson. Who I picked in my expert picks last week. He tied for the lowest round in the final round, 65, tied with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Good week for Henrik. Also, not only did he tie that final round lowest score with Matthew Fitzpatrick, but also tied for second with Daniel Berger, who edged out Roy McIlroy by one shot for fourth place. McIlroy going with some new equipment this week. He was working on some tailor-made clubs, switching from Nike. We all know that they stopped making equipment, decided to only make apparel in their game. So there's sponsors that were playing their clubs, Rory, Tiger Woods, few others. They're all looking for new clubs. Interesting quote I saw from McIlroy, quote, I would say I would have been level with them and maybe a little bit behind before, and I was hitting it by both of them, so so can only be a positive from here. That was McIlroy talking about both Bubba Watson and Adam Scott this week, so he is hitting it farther, but it doesn't really matter. There's more to the game to that, as we all know. Hitting it farther, I mean, that might be good and all, but his fairway percentage hit, and although this be it a small sample size, he only hit 60.7%, excuse me, 60.71% of fairways in last week's at Shishan International Golf Club, which is tied for 29th in the field, and that is almost a whole percentage point down from where he was hitting him last year. But we, it is a small sample size. He'd come out, drill some fairways next week, and that's way higher. Bill Haas also tied fourth with McElroy, minus 15. Ross Fisher, minus 14, along with Ricky Fowler and Francesco Molinari, who I did tell you who to pick last week. was part of my DraftKings picks. Did help me out. And then behind them was Sergio Garcia at minus 12. And Russell Knox, who was actually started the final day in solo second, but was five back, but didn't play so well. Shot a couple over there, but managed to stay inside the top 10 as a defending champion. Yeah, defending champion, he came out and played well. He was there going into the final day. So, of course, definitely fits with him. He'll definitely be probably a favorite going in next year. Other notable stories, some small ones. Adam Scott, well, you might be wondering where his name was up on the leaderboard. He wasn't too far behind out there at T14, and really impressive about that. He shot 80 on Friday, and it's not many times you see 80s shot and then the player that shoots it follows into the weekend but there was no cut in the WGC we did not mention that before but all players went to the weekend so even though he shot an 80 on Friday still came in at T14 with a pretty good weekend every other score 69 64 66 significantly better so one that got away there Matt Kuchar also kind of a you might want to send some hope his way. He might be going through some tough times. He was almost going to win a new car. There was a giveaway on the 17th hole if you were going to make a hole-in-one. He made a hole-in-one at the 17th hole, but due to some bad weather on the week, Friday, Thursday and Friday, the tees were moved up. <laughs> tees were moved up. Bad for Matt Sorry. Kuchar. It was under the regulation that had to be to win the car. He made the hole-in-one, but it was less than 200 yards, didn't win the brand-new car, and obviously that that's just like a stab in the side right there. It's pretty unfortunate. As our superintendent told me the other day, uh, literally uh, earlier this week, our superintendent came to the course where I work. I work inside the golf shop and said that 
whenever he has to talk to the tournament directors about where to put the par threes to win cars, he always puts it about 15 yards farther than what he usually thinks because the insurance policy is you have to have it, it over. It has to be a certain amount of yards in, for, in order for the insurance to cover the car. True. But anyways, I heard that last year someone did make a hole-in-one at our, at our course and won a car. It took over a year. It took a year and a half, and they're real stingy about it. So... I don't know if they'd be like that to Matt Kuchar so much. But anyways, the whole car situation, he doesn't need a new car. Let's move on to the Sanderson's Farm Championship now. That's where the lower players played, if you would. Um, out the, the players who didn't qualify for the World Golf Championship. And we had a rookie winner this year from the University of Texas, Alec. Go Longhorns. Cody Gribble won by four shots and is just his second career start. And he was actually tied for 101st after day one, followed it up with a 63 on Friday, and continued to dominate throughout the weekend. And as you mentioned, as you actually were telling me earlier, he might be an early rookie of the year candidate uh, following Mr. Grillo there. Yeah, he's got two starts, one at the Safeway Open and one at the Sanderson Farms Championship, and both of them top 10s, including a first-place finish at Sanderson Farms. So he's in the field at next week's tournament. It's going to be interesting to see, but as far as these early tournaments have gone on these early runs, he's definitely the early favorite for Rookie of the Year. Third straight first-time winner at Sanderson's. Some other notable finishes, our boy Tim Petrovic, member at our course, Twin Creeks, tied 50th, hey, but minus four. Tied also a multiple-time major winner on Hell Cabrera at minus four as well. And something we're going to be doing new throughout every week. Our fun fact of the week, Grey Goose Vodka and the PGA Tour Monday toasted to a four-year renewal of their marketing relationship that secures Grey Goose as the official spirit of the PGA Tour throughout 2020. What exactly does that mean for Grey Goose? Well, the extension aligns the world's best-tasting vodka with the world's premier golf organization. Grey Goose will continue to have a strong presence in at least 11 PGA Tour and PGA Tour Champions tournaments throughout 2017. This season, consumers will be able to enjoy a completely renovated Grey Goose 19th hole lounge designed to bring the ease and sophistication of the French Riviera to the course. So go check out the new Grey Goose Lounge if you attend the event this year, and it is there. Good for Grey Goose and the PGA renewing their sponsorship together. Go ahead and check them out of the 19th hole if you can this year. But let's move on to something new. We're going to the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open this week out in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be at TPC Summerwind. That's where you can find the PGA tournament this week. And course is just over 7,200 yards, playing 72.35. And actually only par 71 this week, so they can go low was a big tournament back in the day when created in 1983 it had the highest purse on tour of $750,000 and then back in 96 it was Tiger Woods first ever victory here in Las Vegas when he won in the playoff over Davis Love the third a recent Ryder Cup captain who will actually be in the field this week now this feels rel relatively weak but headlined by the likes of Kevin Naw, Brendan Steele, Ryan Moore, Scott Piercy, Brooks Kepka, who I really like this week as I saw on an article on uh, PJTour.com, fairways here in Las Vegas are relatively bigger. It is a shorter cur a shorter course, so big hitters like Brooks Kepka, I think, are a lock. Um, I looked at an interesting stat from last year. Birdie or better percentage from 125 to 150 yards, thinking that the players may have those wedges, low irons in their hands from 
about that distance. Billy Hurley the third was first, uh, ranked in 2016. Our boy Ken Duke fifth, and Cameron Shringal Lee 11th. Again, I like those guys as maybe a sleeper if you're playing fantasy this week. And let's look at our past results real quick, though, Alex. Smiley Kaufman won last year at 16 under. That actually was higher than we've seen in years past. Usually it takes a little bit better than 16 under to win this tournament. The year before that, Ben Martin in 2015, he went at 20 under, following with Kevin Streelman in second. And one year previous to that, 2014, we saw former major champion Webb Simpson win it, and he was all the way at 24 under in... Rio Ishikawa, who will also be in the field this week, came in second in that year. So the scores increased every year. We saw it go from minus 24 in 2014, minus 20 in 2015. Last year in 2016, only 16 under wins it. So I don't know what they're doing to the course out there. The scores are going up. So it's going to be interesting to see how low you actually do need to go this week as that number might not be very consistent in the past. Some heavy favorites so you can definitely count on this week. Ryan Moore, who's played very solid uh, over the last few months. Scott Piercy, who's got off to a great start starting at the Safeway Open. And as I mentioned, the long ball hitters are going to be, uh, should be very good here in Las Vegas. Tony Finau, along with Brooks Kepka, who I really like. Uh, Kevin Nall, a headliner. And there's some other good names. John Rahm that we did not mention. A young gun who is expected to have a very good year on the tour this year. So some decent names here this week. They're there, so you just got to find them. Last thing, let's look into the FedEx Cup standings. Hideki Matsuyama jumps into first place with his win at the WGC HSBC, followed by Justin Thomas, who also won earlier this year at the CIMB. I know we have in third place Brendan Steele, and he also has won earlier this year. And to round out the top five, we have Cody Gribble and Patton Kazir. So the top four there, Hideki, Thomas, Steele, Gribble, all winners this year. And Kazir rounds out the top five uh, early on here at the FedEx Cup standings. Thanks for listening to Two Man Scramble brought to you by Man Cave Sports. Again, you can find us on Twitter at MCSports365. We're online at www.mcsports365.com.